0: Following Jesus isn't always easy, but it's not complicated. Our goal on this podcast is to make real life simple. And today we'll be talking about prayer, specifically what to do after you say, amen. Welcome to the Rusty George Podcast. Today I want to talk about prayer because I've got this book I've been working on and I need your help. It's all about unanswered prayer, and I've had these countless conversations with people in the lobby where they come up to me and they express some issues they're dealing with in their life, and I'll say something like, have you prayed about it, or are you praying about it, or I suggest praying about it, and they look at me and they say, oh, I've already tried that, and I've had those moments in my own life where I have had particular issue I'm wrestling with or a particular thing maybe at the church we're working on and I think I should pray about it. And I think, well, I already tried that and it didn't really seem to do any good. It's almost as if somewhere in our minds, we really believe that if we don't see immediate results, then our prayer didn't work. So my question is, what do you do while you're waiting? There's so many prayers out there about what to do before you pray, uh, but what do you do when you're waiting on God? So that's what we're going to talk about today, and specifically, how do you deal with unanswered prayers? So before we get to that, a couple questions that came in from the last podcast. One was, is the dark room something you grow out of and one day you never face anymore? Great question. And typically, we think when we're in our 20s, if I could just get married, then I won't have these issues. Or if I could just get a job, then I won't have these issues. And in some ways, they may help to some degree. But the reality is, every single one of us will face a dark room and feel like it won't end. And then we'll face dark rooms and we'll feel like they will never come back again. The reality is, your dark room that you face will last for a period of time, but it doesn't mean you'll never face it again doesn't matter what age you are, dark rooms are something that we go through. The question is, is how do you deal with them? So if you're in your 20s and you're thinking, if I could just get married, never have this problem again, I wish I could say that to be true. It, the dark room will just be different. But the great thing that we've been learning throughout this entire series is no matter the dark room you are in, no matter the age or the season that you are in, God walks with you. All right. Question number two, what if I'm leading a very small team and they have little influence? And I, I get this a lot from people that might be a pastor of a very small church at this time, or maybe people that lead at an organization and they've only got one or two direct reports. The question is, how, how does this really benefit? I mean, how does this even make an impact? And that's, that's a great question. But the reality is, even if you're just leading yourself, you can make things better. In fact, sometimes the first place you start is with yourself. Uh, There's a great book by a guy by the name of Clay Scroggins called How to Lead When You're Not in Charge, a great resource for learning how to lead yourself and then eventually learning how to lead people, even if you're not necessarily their direct report. All of those things can be done if we decide our number one priority is to add value to other people. When you begin to add value, everybody appreciates that even if they don't report to you. So great questions. As always, send your questions to rgeorge at reallifechurch.org. All right, back to prayer. Jesus said, whatever you ask in my name, I will give it to you. Jesus said, whenever you humble yourself before God, then he will hear you. Jesus said, when you ask with a humble heart, or those who ask with in spirit and in truth, we have this assumption that we will be heard. Well, okay. So, what if I've prayed, and what if I've said what needs to be said, but nothing happens? Which leads me to my bigger question of this podcast. Jesus also said that when we pray, there's no need to go on babbling, Because our Father knows what we ask even before we ask it. Well, then why pray? And I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. What is it that you feel is the reason to pray, even if our Heavenly Father has already understood what we've said or understands what we need? Is there a need to even talk to Him? You can email me at rgeorge at reallifechurch.org with your answers, but I want to read to you something I read this week from a book called um, When the Soul Listens by Jan Johnson. Such a great, great resource. She writes a story in there about the difference between a mechanical relationship with God and a relational approach to God. She says, let's say you've been taught how to get written directions from God to go any place you wanted to go. You could get in your car, you could hold these instructions in your hand printed clearly in black and white, and that's what many people want from God. Just tell me what to do. But Jesus will not have it. Jesus is relentlessly relational. He gets in the car with you, he takes the instructions out of your hands, and he grins as he tears them up. Start the car, he says. You feel uneasy. You just want the instructions. You protest, how will I know when to turn? He smiles and challenges you to risk trusting him. I'll tell you when to turn. Just start the car. You protest again. I need to know ahead of time. But Jesus replies, trust me, we're going to stop at restaurants you're going to love. We're going to see beautiful places. We're going to stop alongside the road and help people you can't stand. It will be wonderful. Start the car. If you're wise, you start the car's engine and love this moment-by-moment life with God. God created us not to make us map-reading, rote followers, but to be communicating, cooperating friends." I love that quote. I love that line from Jan Johnson. And I would tell you that that's why I keep praying, because I believe that it's really a relationship with Jesus that we're developing. But I'd love to know why you keep praying. If you'd email me at rgeorge at reallifechurch.org, I'd love to hear why it is you feel like we should pray, even whether Jesus says our Father already knows what it is that we need. Well, that's my thought for the day. I would encourage you to keep processing this idea of prayer. Share with me your thoughts. You can use the hashtag after amen. Uh, on social media. I'd love to talk to you there. Next week, we'll talk about some simple systems for self-leadership. Thanks so much for listening. And as always, please share this with a friend.